This is the Multifamily Podcast, your source for the latest information, trends, interviews, tools, and techniques that will help you succeed in the multifamily housing industry. And now, here are Ron Ruiz, the CEO of Apartment SEO, and Ramel Anakin, the president of The Relationship Difference. The Multifamily Podcast starts now. Welcome back, friends, to the Multifamily Podcast. Alongside Ron Ruiz, the CEO of Apartment SEO, I'm Ramel Anakin, the president of The Relationship Difference. And on this issue, this issue, geez, this episode of the podcast, we have a very special guest. Our very first ever client. That's right. Slash friend, slash rock star in the industry, Nicholas Dunlap from Avanath Capital, which is Absolutely. really exciting. Uh, it's no longer people want to hear just you and I. They want to hear some voice of experience, and and definitely Nick brings that to the table. So thank you for coming, Nick. We appreciate it. Thanks for All the way me. to our downtown Long Beach recording studios. Mm, that's right. In sunny Southern California. So uh, Nicholas, just to give you a little bit of background for uh, those online, he is a senior vice president currently of Avanith Capital Management. And actually at Avanith, you oversee everything, right? Uh, from the firm's day-to-day property management operations, special projects, and due diligence. Guys are growing as a team. It's so awesome to be a a partner with you guys in that. He's also a graduate of the UCLA, rah, 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 right? Uh, And he serves on the board of directors for the Fair Housing Council of Orange County, the Orange County Commission on Housing and Community Development. He's also a CPM, so right on. Not only does he have UCLA as CPM behind his name, from IRAM, and also a licensed real estate broker, a little bit busy in California and Texas now, which is awesome. And then currently, he actually serves also as the president of Apartment Association of Orange County. So that's his professional life. He's also a, a, an author, right? Published yeah. author yeah. of Brick and Mortar Piggy Banks. He actually has his book here in front of us. And I actually am happy to say that I have a signed copy of one of them. You Thank know. you very much. Uh, and it's your guide to creating life-changing wealth through real estate investment, commercial real estate in particular. And the four benefits, the commercial real estate investing and you, which you can find all on Amazon.com, which is awesome. The reviews are really good on, on Amazon, too, for the yeah, books. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I did see that. So that is so awesome. Uh, Ramal, yeah. I mean, how lucky are we to have someone oh, this accomplished in our industry yeah. to just pick his brain and have the next, you know, what, 20, 30 minutes uh, talking about some goodness. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just what we're gonna do is we got the mic on. We're in the studio. And we're just gonna have a, the conversation with Nicholas. So why don't we start with Nicholas with? So how'd you get started in this in, in this industry in this business? You know, I really had no choice. I uh, started out working for a family business, and uh, my dad's a syndicator. Uh, started his own real estate investment firm in the you know I guess early '90s. That would have been uh, when it was a difficult time to be in real estate. You know, not a lot of people uh, doing deals, and uh, certainly it was a it was a completely different business than it was today. Uh, it was mostly mom and pop or or smaller operators. It wasn't the big you know corporate real estate environment that it is today. But uh, I grew up um, working actually on the maintenance teams. Um, you know, really summer breaks when I could or after school. Uh, How you earned your chore money? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, started out as a maintenance technician and really just kind of learned how to do things. And from there, um, as I got a little bit older, started working in uh, actually working a leasing office and then, you know, went away to school and kind of started working at that time as a real estate broker selling multifamily investments. And then in about 2006, 2007, decided that, hey, you know what? It's time to go back into the family business and uh, pick up in property management where I left off. And so 
had the opportunity at that time to kind of grow the portfolio both on the investment and management side, and I guess the rest is history. That's when the going was good in 06 still a little bit, right? It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> Thereafter, then you really earned your keep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then you really had to work for it. You right. Know? Yeah. Which then you can write a book about it because you're like, holy cow, if we went through, if we made it this far. Exactly. You know, and, and actually we say that often. We've said mm-hmm. it in one of our podcasts before that real estate and in our industry, property management in particular, really can be recession proof. I mean, we can really get through that hurdle, whereas some traditional smaller investors, you know, in single family homes could definitely bite the bullet, you know. Oh, yeah. And like property management, I mean, that's that's what I think a lot of companies I think underestimate, you know, what's required to be a successful property management company. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of operators who try to get into the property management business thinking that, hey, we're going to have this stable income to kind of sustain the ups and downs of a real estate cycle. But then once they get into it and they realize, hey, it really takes specialized expertise to, to really excel and drive results for your clients. And so that was, that was often like we, we, a lot of times, transition clients from companies where they maybe hadn't done the best job and you know sure. get them over to a company where you can actually you know professionally manage for them and show them what professional management can do for sure absolutely so interesting so it let me ask i, I think as ron and we've joked about this often you know we've been involved in this industry for a long time so it sounds like being in this industry was in your dna like you said you didn't have a choice right didn't have a choice um, <laughs> did you ever want to venture out from it like just get get out of Real estate in general, and just you, you know, know, I couldn't I mean, imagine what else I could, what else I would do. Um, you know, of course, we all have those days, right? Where it's like, gosh, this is a crazy business. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want nothing more of the apartment industry. But, <laughs> That's uh, called reputation <laughs> management. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When those things exactly. hit us, yeah, exactly. I, have table. I have a yeah. good friend who, who uh, it's funny. He was telling me his wife knows he has a, he's had a bad day because she'll find like the movie tickets in his pockets, and so like, you know, it's like three Smart. o'clock, and he decides he's having a rough day, and he just goes to the movies and turns his phone off. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I guess everybody's got a release, but uh, you know, it's a great business, and and I really couldn't see myself doing anything but real estate. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. I'm sure, the family's proud as well, right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. You know, um, so you are now, you were mentioning, Ron, actually, I kind of want to bring you in on this one. You were mentioning earlier about how, when Nicholas, you were involved with, with the family business, mm-hmm. and um, and then you you are now with Avanith. Yes, so, right. So you had a great point. I'm going to let you kind of share that about your your observation about about that for sure i mean i've known nick forever uh when he was still at dunlap property management group which is the family business you alluded to and what i was sharing is that most people would easily just continue that career path continue a life of comfort i'm assuming i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't mean to make it sound like you didn't work there yeah i mean you definitely earned your keep clearly when it's a family business sometimes dad's a little or family is a little bit harder on you know yourselves but um, you definitely knew that there was more out there. And not that Dunlap didn't provide that for you, but it's like, let me go out and explore myself. Obviously, as a published author and, you know, obviously accredited UCLA, CPM, you definitely have what it takes to just run any kind of business. You could have continued with the family business, but you chose to venture out. And I think yeah. that's most honorable about it because most people would just follow that legacy and say, hey, I already know my career path. I'm already comfortable with it, making a good living. Again, real estate is definitely somewhat stable, mm-hmm. especially in the multifamily side and um but you didn't and so i think I, it's very honorable and i that's the thing that i respect the most and i was sharing with yeah Ramel that part well thank you yeah thank you it's you know one of my favorite it's funny there's a motivational quote i found online and it says uh success success occurs outside of the comfort zone for sure and mm-hmm. so you know it definitely was it was a it, i mean we had a had a great relationship working with my dad 
working in a family business and had been able to, you know, to grow that company, the fee management side significantly, but also got to a point where I realized, you know, there was more that I wanted to accomplish as a young professional and more that I had to add to, you know, to an organization that was also growing. And so to be able to go to a company like Avanith where we're, you know, buying across the United States and really growing rapidly has just been, you know, a lot of fun. Have you been a better resource for your dad's company, would you say, now that you had some outside-the-box experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Share war stories. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. More, more value to add to uh, to that relationship, for sure. So, But there's a lot of similarities, I'm sure, right? Whether yeah. Whatever size company it may be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and knowing the basics, I, I will say, um, just based on my experience in the industry, having worked at a you know, at a mid-sized, you know, I, I don't want to say mom and pop company, but a mid-sized, you know, family business, and then a, you know, a couple big companies. I, I really think that, you know, the that sort of boutique size, uh, that's where you learn how to operate, you know. And, For and, sure. And that's, you know, the better you can operate, the better you can drive results, and the better a resource you are to your clients at the institutional level or at the, you know, mom and pop level. So. Yeah, you're almost forced to. I mean, Ramel and yeah. I know this as having our own individual <laughs> startups. It's like, no, you uh, are the janitor. You are yeah. the, yeah. You're, you, you're the maintenance guy and you're the property manager. Exactly. Yeah, and the financing guy. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I think there's a certain mentality where, you know, the, you know, as a, as a business owner, you realize, hey, you're going to do what it takes to get the job done and to Absolutely. get it done well because it yeah. represents you. And it's not always about, you know, hey, that's that's not in my job description or I didn't get hired to do that. Right. And, uh, so it's For those of you on site, that's the difference between uh, managing 100 units and managing 500 units. Where the 100 units, you're doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. You're the leasing, you're the manager, you're everything. And then 500, you have a couple more staff and you're a little bit bigger in institutional, you know, exactly. product, uh, companies. But, you know, to, to your point, I, I love that point about having a good that foundation when you start out with. I think one of the things that when I was starting in the industry, now I started at a 520 unit property. Ah. So it was very segmented, you know, segmented. And then so when I started branching out into other jobs, there's a part of me that went, well, uh, I don't know what to do. Like we had a business manager, we had a leasing manager, we had the resident relations manager, you know, all I had to do was this. And then when I got in situations where I had to wear a bunch of different hats, you know, and had to start doing budgeting, P&L, forecasting, all that stuff that I hate. I'm just not a numbers guy. Mm -hmm. That was a big disappointment to my family because, you know, (laughs) not a numbers guy. And uh, to to get that, but but how much, how how beneficial that was. So were there a couple key lessons that you took from, from Dunlap that you were able to to transfer over? Yeah, it was, you know, I think first and foremost, it's, you know, never never get too big or never think that you're too big to roll up your sleeves and help solve problems. Sure. And that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, one of my, yeah, you know, down. one of my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> things that happens is, you know, I'll get calls from residents that have concerns and a lot of complaints. And, and I always like to start the conversation first because you, you get a call and somebody might not be happy. They might be very angry. Bad day. You know, you start to say, look, well, I, I like to kind of put people at ease by saying, you know what, you called the solution line, not the problem line. So, um, you know, just to almost take, you know, kind of take, Love things, it. take things a step back and um, and get people to relate to you on a, on a human level and just, sure. you know. Yeah, try to help people. Because I think at the end of the day, I think regardless of your industry and regardless of what you do, if you just try to help other people, you're going to be a, a better person, a more successful employee, um, and a more successful business owner. You know, so often people get caught up in trying to just take care of themselves or think about themselves. But really, if you think about other people and how to make other people happy, it's all going to handle itself. For sure, yeah. You can learn a different perspective yeah. and a better way to manage the business next Exactly. Time. Yeah. So how do you, I'm curious about this, how do you translate what you just said yeah. 
which I love. You, I love that you call the solution line, not the problem line. I'm stealing that. Um, right. I'll credit you in a training class. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you translate that to like the people on site, you know, or to the people that are working? Because you've got this vision. You have this, hey, I want yeah. you to help these residents. What are some of the things that you've done to, to get the people to buy into that message? Well, it's a challenge, but the most important thing is you, you let your, and, and like I tell our teams, they say, look, we deal with, you know, lots of residents. We deal with residents who are going to be very happy, who are going to have praise for us, and we deal with residents who are going to be calling us when they've got a leak or there's something that they're very frustrated with. Right. And so it's important to realize that they're just that. They're our customers. And so it's our job to take care of them and to make them feel comfortable and to make them enjoy where they live. And sure. if you just focus on customer service, that's, I think, at the end of the day what it's all about is just making sure that your customers feel cared for and, and really the rest will take care of itself. When I've said that uh, many times, I mean, it's so cliche of saying that it, our customer in this industry live with us. Yeah. And so there's your bound. Uh-huh. Think about the people you live with, you know. Yeah. You're bound to upset each other mm-hmm. or frustrate each other yeah. or just you have a bad day. So then they you, you ricochet off each other. And so if you could only imagine that, the other thing, the other fact that I bring up is that it, that's the biggest check they write every month. Exactly. So that alone could be frustrating mm-hmm. if you're, you know, they have their own financial issues or what have you. So you kind of, we do have to be a little bit more conscious, I think, long term in that customer experience versus a one stop transaction. I'm having a bad day, but I'm going to wing it. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. get through this transaction and then the customer is going to be away out of me. They live with us. And mm-hmm. so. You have to apply that solutions line oh, mentality. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, Ramel, I will say, yeah. you know, your company made relationship difference. At the end of the day, relationship is what makes the difference. Yeah. And yeah, I can great. tell you, we acquired a property in Oakland back in February. And one of the things that most impressed me about this manager during the course of our due diligence, we went up and we walked all 120 units. And I found that every unit that we went into, the manager actually knew the name and you know what was going on in the life of the resident whose wow. apartment we were entering into. And so, you know, you knock on the door, you know, hey, Miss Jones, how you doing? How was, you know, how did you go to the store the other day? I saw that, you know, and he had some sort of personal connection. And I thought, wow, that's, I mean, that's remarkable. Yeah. And that's yeah. a, I mean, that's a huge talent to have in any business. For sure. And that makes such a difference, you know, because when, when you know, you're right. I mean, you, you live together, you work together. I mean, let's face it, there are times that things are going to come up that, are less than, you know, less than favorable. And so being able to have that relationship and immediately kind of, you know, evoke that, you know, that bond or that, uh, you know, talking point, I think makes all the difference. It really does. You know, I think our, all the, the stats show that the number one driver of resident satisfaction is value. Obviously they want to know that they're getting a good deal for what they're paying. And the number one driver of value is sense of community. Mm -hmm. You know, what we're finding is that that sense of community that residents have is their actual the relationship, not with their neighbors, but the relationship with the people in the office, you know. And so that is huge, you know, and I think it is forgotten. So it's great to hear, you know, when you've got a company, when you have someone like you, it's like, hey, listen, we really, yeah. we're not just trying to milk every, you know, oh, yeah. you know yeah. dime from it you. It could be the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because I think our, our industry is changing in that everything used to be, you know, person to person. But now every you know now it's online. Now you know we we want to help people in person, but everybody wants to go online, and so it's about being available in both places and being you know the best representation online for your business as you can be in you know in the leasing yeah. office. Right. So 
So how are you finding? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. How are you finding that transition? I mean, for you, like as you're yeah. working with your teams and and kind of with the advent of new technologies. I mean, how how talk a little well, bit we, about that? We really try to stay cutting edge, and uh, you know, on on both ends. I mean, technology and also you know just old school customer service. And so our leasing offices are are fully staffed. They're open, and you know we encourage our our people to greet people, you know, to greet the customers with with a smile and to try to solve their problems. I mean, that's their number one focus is solving problems. And um, but as far as from an online perspective, I mean we've really I, I think this was actually the 2016 budget was the first budget we had zero print advertising. So across our site wow. now across our portfolio and, and what's interesting and what I think is exciting we have a mixed portfolio. It's about 99% affordable and of the affordable I think we've got maybe 70% senior housing and then about you know I guess 30% um, family. But then we also have some conventional housing. We went all online. And um, people say, well, you know, it's affordable housing. You know, that, why would you go online? That's a waste of money. You know, um, your tenant profile doesn't have um, internet access or isn't going to be. And, and what we found is that's absolutely not true. A lot of cliches. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's, you know, so we deal with a lot of those stereotypes as well. And so it's great to not only, you know, I, I, a lot of other professionals, I let them think that because I know that we have the competitive. Thank you again for joining us for the Multifamily Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Ramel Anakin, please visit relationshipdifference.com. To learn more about Ron Ruiz, please visit apartmentseo.com. And join us next time for another great episode of the Multifamily Podcast. In three states, seven markets across, you know, close to 3,000 units, I think that's less than like 22 apartments available. So that's pretty exceptional. That's crazy, yeah. It's like, how do you sustain that, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's so and, and continue to grow revenue at the same time. So it's right. You know, so that's the, that's where it becomes a challenge. And that's where it becomes even more about old school property management. For sure. Yeah. And in fact, it's that second. We've talked about this actually mm-hmm. in one of our podcasts before where what do you do when you're how do you keep your people motivated? How do you keep them engaged in their day to day and not being fat and pretty when you're in that kind of high occupancy or, you know, have wait lists? I mean, well, it's, you know, and, and that's where, I mean, we, we, we try to be competitive and we try to be, um, you know, we have some different things that we do kind of as a team. Yeah. We do a lot of special bonuses. We give away gift cards for people that can retain 100%. We give away gift cards to the maintenance teams who, you know, close out all the work orders and, you know, who turn the, you know, turn apartments over within like a three-day period of time. Doing it right the first time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, we found that by doing that, that's just another way to keep people happy. And uh, well, actually, what we've what we've recently done is we had actually last week had Chris Mott um, from ah, you know, nice. Motivation. Yeah, Jackson absolutely. And, uh, and we had had we had him in last year to give his Find Your Sprinkles program mm-hmm. to our, mm-hmm. our management team, but actually brought this time we brought all of our employees in. So we had about sixty people, uh, you know, in Irvine and awesome. you know, got the presentation. And so it was great. It's just it's nice to be able to take time to recognize your employees and thank them for everything that they do because. Really, that they make us successful. For sure, yeah, no matter what. I mean, yeah. especially having that foundation and being able to know in real estate, of course, when the market's good and you know, and you guys want to strike out a new deal, you're like, our foundation is set. Yeah. Exactly. Whether it's <laughs> conventional, senior, you know, um, uh, yeah, affordable, whatever the component may be. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome that you guys are focusing on that. Yeah. And I mean, even us as a vendor partner, I've seen the shift in you know, conversations from when you first got there. It's like, okay, we're going to get there. We're going to go more digital, you know, marketing and stuff like that. And so to see it being executed and to see it be well-received oh, yeah. from your people, this is a compliment to your people, um, is, you know, equally rewarding for you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and, you know, I guess, uh, like you had talked to me, we've had ongoing discussions for probably the past two and a half years for about sure. what we can do across our portfolio. And, you know, 
just a couple months ago, I mean, we talked about, hey, we want to continue to push the boundaries as to like what we're going to do across a, a mixed portfolio. Like this. Right. I mean, you know, we want to get into like the Snapchat geotags and just sure. different things to just to try to push because I think there's all these different things. You know, everyone is focused on marketing and it's not about marketing. It's about, you know, being there and Presence. presenting. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, especially if, and again, that cliche is so wrong where, you know, the resident profile isn't online. I mean, when you look, when we look at the uh, statistics for mobile alone, I mean, how many percentage of people have mobile devices? Oh. Mm -hmm. How many of those devices, if not all, almost, are uh, smartphones? And so they're, everybody's online, whether we know it or not, you know, yeah. how they transact, whether they do transact or not. It's still, you know, I mean, we're still learning as a, as a, as a society, really. Like, do, am I going to lease an apartment online for my mobile phone? Maybe some are, maybe some aren't yet. So as an owner-operator type of thing or marketer, you have to look at that. Like, if that's how we could do it, then, or if that's what they want to do, then we have to do it for them. Exactly. You know, be there present. No, absolutely. That's, now, I, you know, looking, obviously knowing you and seeing all, what, what you've been involved in. Now, you've had experience in both commercial yeah. right, and residential real estate. So what are some things that... Are you same? You know, what, what are some of your experiences? What things are just radically different? Well, you know, talk a little bit about I, that. I will say commercial is much easier. I mean, commercial yeah. is nine to five, whereas multifamily <laughs> residential is 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, because let's face it, you know, it's where people, you know, people leave in the morning, people come home at night, um, you know, long after the leasing team and the, you know, the, the service teams have gone home, um, you know, there's faucets in use, there's you know, kitchen sinks that are in use and garbage right. disposals and all and the like. And so it's, you know, I'd say it's a, you know, multifamily residential is much more alive. And sure. so, you know, just as a result, it's going to have more, there's going to be more wear and tear, more demand. And so, again, it's just, it's, it's another one of those, it's another thing where it just gives you another chance to help your customers and another chance to, uh, you know, to focus on your customers. Right. So. Yeah, that's huge. Actually, now that you say that, I'm wondering, that's why when I switched to the vendor side, I think I slept more. Than when I was at the site level <laughs> yeah. or property management, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those those phone calls that would happen infrequently, of course. Let's be honest; I mean, they don't happen daily, but right. there are so many other variables that can come oh, into play. Man. Oh man, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, interesting. I know I, I've had when I got started in the industry, I had friends who, because um, you worked for a company that had a residential division, a commercial division, and a bunch of the ones I knew were all trying to figure out how to get over into the commercial yeah. side of yeah. things. You know, because we all none of us wanted to work weekends and. Mm -hmm. And uh, all that. So I was curious about that. Um, the flip side is a residential, yeah. as I said, multifamily residential. It's so much more stable, would you say? Mm -hmm. I mean, when... I, I think so. Overall? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is, especially. I, I mean, you figure commercials based on businesses, and so... Right. Uh, well, and as a result, it's I think it's a lot more dependent on the economy, whereas at the end of the day, somebody, you know, apartments are where people go home to. Everybody so, needs a place to live. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this in the bio, but we want to talk. We've talked obviously about your experience on the property side, on the company side of things. But uh, Nicholas is also president of the Apartment Association of Orange County. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Now you you it's been about a year. Yeah. Been? Yeah. So this yeah. is you know at AAOC we do a uh, two year term, and so this okay. is my second year, and uh, just having a lot of fun. I mean, I've been on the I've been involved with AAOC yeah, for years. Gosh, probably going back 10, 11 years now. And so uh, I've been on the board for maybe eight of those years. And wow. It's just a great group, great organization. And what's what's interesting is that, you know, as a volunteer leader, it's a great opportunity to get in and sort of be the change that you want to see happen. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you've done a lot of that. The change. And exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I look at it and I think, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, we've done these programs for years, but, you know, 
attendance is starting to dwindle, so why would we continue to do that program? Why wouldn't we change it? Right. And you know, so we've been able to do that, and as a result, we've been able to introduce new content and new programming mm-hmm. and get greater attendance. We've also been able to introduce new programs that we didn't do before, and and you know, and raise money for the association. And so it's a, you know, obviously it's a it's a great cause, and uh, you know, it's a great organization that represents you know our industry and and uh, apartment owners in Orange County, and so. To be able to give back is, is awesome. And it's giving you guys more exposure, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 It's keeping the name alive and well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And growing it. membership base, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Membership is growing significantly. And, you know, we're, we're around 80,000 units, um, you That's know, awesome. association-wide, mm-hmm. which is great. And then, you know, the neat thing about that is that... Um, that's that's everyone from you know your mom and pops and you know maybe somebody that just owns a couple of rental houses to say like a gray star that has thousands of units and so um, you know we represent owners of all sizes and so that's that's great because that keeps a good dynamic. You know? It does, yeah. Yeah. As we we were an exhibitor at their recent AOC trade show. What was it? The forty forty fifth annual or forty sixth annual? Yeah. yeah, it's been around longer than all of us. It has, yeah. Combined. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> That's right. That's absolutely correct. No, but we, as oh, a vendor partner, just no. to give you get back to you, uh, well, I saw the, I've seen the difference the last two years, and um, we appreciate that diversity that the association brings. No, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that trade show, I've got to go back to, just we had, we had over 1,200 people there, and so we broke recent attendance records for us. And, yeah, um, you could tell the flow was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was almost like when the amazing uh, sessions were in, that's when you really told could tell the difference. Yeah. Because we're like, where did all these people go? It was like this flow yeah. going on and overwhelming. I think we finally ate. Like, we had to take shifts to go yeah. eat. Just that's how much attention there was, you know, just very casually walking around the booths. Oh, yeah. Well, that, and yeah. so you were able to connect with your clients there. For and, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always been that's yeah. important. Friends, please join us next time as we continue our conversation with Nicholas Dunlap, the Senior Vice President of Property Management and Advantage Capital Management. Nicholas is also the president of the Apartment Association of Orange County. We appreciate him being in studio with us today, and you will not want to miss part two of our conversation with him. You've been listening to the Multifamily Podcast. To learn more about Romel Anakin, visit RelationshipDifference.com. For more information about Ron Ruiz, visit ApartmentSEO.com. And join us next time for the next episode of the Multifamily Podcast.